Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Welcome to episode one of the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm so excited today to welcome Belicia Montgomery, who is the Director of Diversity Inclusion at Minor League Baseball. When I was considering which episode to publish as episode number one, I had to choose Belicia. You see, Minor League Baseball and specifically the Diversity and Inclusion office at Minor League Baseball gave me my first opportunity to speak and to lead the women in baseball group. And ever since then, it's been a passion of mine to connect and to try to inspire the next group of female leaders. So today I'm so excited to share this episode with you, episode number one of the Leadership is Female podcast with your host, Emily Jansen. On today's podcast, Leadership is Female, we've got Belisha Montgomery, Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Minor League Baseball League Office. Belisha Montgomery began her professional sports career at Minor League Baseball in 2016 as a marketing research and strategy resident and was hired full-time as an analytics specialist in 2017. She was promoted to manager of data and business processes in 2018 before transitioning into the diversity and inclusion department in 2019. Prior to joining MILB, Montgomery held marketing roles at USF Athletics and H&R Block. Felicia received a Bachelor of Science in Marketing with a minor in Accounting from the University of Alabama at Birmingham, UAB, and obtained both her Master's of Business Administration and Master of Sport and Entertainment Management from the University of South Florida. Go Bulls. Uh, Belisha was a native of Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, currently resides in St. Petersburg, Florida. Welcome to the podcast, Belisha. Thank you, Emily. I'm super excited to be a part of this. Thank you for having me. I'm just thrilled for you. Great. Um, So excited to have you and so excited to share your story with all of our listeners. So I read your bio, um, but it's much different coming from you. So I want to talk about um, who you are, what you do, and how you got there. I, I'm Belisha. I am a proud Southern born and bred gal. Um, and I, I mean, as you can kind of tell, I feel like I'm a product of really, um, following fate, not knowing exactly what I was striving, where I was striving to go, what I was striving to do. I just knew I wanted to do something that was going to outlast me. 
Um, and so, uh, as mentioned before, I, I started um, an undergrad majoring in marketing. Um, it seemed kind of a um, simple, simple, easy, comfortable track for me to take. Um, and, and I knew that no matter what I ended up doing, I wanted to be in a place where um, people, people weren't, who didn't look like me. Um, I joined a predominantly white sorority growing up. I um, grew up in a predominantly white um, neighborhood, went to schools, and, and there was just something, I guess, about being always in spaces where there weren't a lot of people like me that I wanted to change that, and I wanted spaces to be more inclusive. Um, and to include more people that looked like me. And so right before graduation um, at, at my university, there's one course you can take that's sports related at all for marketing majors and it was sports marketing. And I became close to the professor and he was asking me, you know, what is it that you wanna do when you graduate? And I was like, I'm, I'm not really sure <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I just, I just want to have an impact. I mean, sports, entertainment, I grew up a dancer, that would be such a fun role. Um, but I do know I want to get my MBA because I know as a woman, um, I want to be able to set myself apart and, and have the credentials that I feel like I needed um, to set myself apart. And that's when he told me you can, there's programs out there that uh, combined MBAs with a, a focus in sports management. And so that's kind of what led me down the path to USF um, and, and particularly to minor league baseball. Um, I tell many people that my, my focus in going to USF and in being in Tampa was being close to our league office because growing up in Birmingham, I grew up in a minor league baseball market. I grew up where Michael Jordan played minor league baseball. I was at a game when I was three. And so it's been very close to me. And I feel um, that baseball obviously has such an opportunity um, for growing and, and impacting diverse spaces. And so um, I really wanted to pursue baseball for that reason, to once again, make room for more people, um, more women, more people of color, things like that. And so um, that's kind of, I guess, what drove me. Um, and to be honest with you, I feel like I've always had the thought of, you know, it's easy to dream of stuff and then it never pans out. And this was kind of the one thing where I was like, this is where I want to end up. And when I was interviewing for the full-time role um, with Corey Bernstein, who's uh, a colleague of mine um, and was going to be my boss at the time. It was just still surreal that I had actually ended up where I wanted to be five years before. So um, very unconventional way to kind of get into my role now, um, starting as kind of our office analyst and then moving into diversity. But it, it really is just kind of amazing to see how things have come full circle and it and how they come full circle over and over again so um i think that's what drives me today that's incredible congratulations i mean anytime a dream can come true in your career it's it's a huge milestone and i hope you celebrate it appropriately um, <laughs> <laughs> so i want to um talk a little bit more about your role specifically as director of diversity and inclusion for minor league baseball um, for those listeners who are not familiar with um, some of the incredible initiatives that you've put forward, if you can talk about a few of those and, um, and let us know how you have helped um, to really expand uh, that area of our league and also of our business, uh, we'd love to hear more. Yeah, so in my role, I focus on really being um, 
the main spearheader and the main advocate, um, both from a league standpoint, but then also for all 160 front offices of minor league baseball um, and diversity and inclusion, um, touching fans, touching our workforce, touching our um, executives, our board members, our ownership, and even the partners that we work with. Um, and so everything that comes out of our department, that's what we focus on, is how we can continue to diversify and increase um, inclusive spaces, safe spaces for our industry and the communities that we impact. Um, so, uh, <laughs> like you said, uh, season to season, day to day looks different every single day. Um, and that's kind of what's exciting. Um, specifically, the things that uh, I, how I kind of got really involved in, in this department um, since being at Minor League Baseball is I really helped co-author our, our workforce diversity report. Um, I'm a full believer that um, you can't act on what you can't measure or what you can't see. And so that was a really passion point for me as far as our diversity department was and, and really showcasing, um, you know, how our numbers as far as diversity goes to our industry and how we can continue to increase and improve um, our front offices and, and our employee engagement, our employee experiences within our front office. Um, in addition, we have a lot of different um, initiatives where we touch fans, uh, where we want to authentically connect with fans, um, whether it's our minor league baseball pride initiative, um, kind of our claim of the largest celebration of pride in sports with um, all the communities that we connect, something that we're extremely proud of and um, even proud how we were able to pivot this year given um, the pandemic and how it shut everything down. Um, our teams were able to still have have an impact to still connect with the community um, and still extend um, that as well as um, the 2020 being the 100th anniversary of Negro Leagues Baseball, something I was extremely proud of kind of um, partnering with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as well as the Josh Gibson Foundation um, for all of our for all of our teams to collectively celebrate that and honor such a pivotal and just key group in our in our history in our sports history of the Negro Leagues and all the players and executives that were involved in the Negro Leagues and just continuing to amplify and highlight their impact um, that still exists in our in our sport today. Um, and then, of course, how I became so close to you, Emily, through our Women in Baseball Leadership Initiative. Um, one thing that I was very proud um, to introduce is our leadership um, lift program. Uh, which is meant to uh, be a mentorship program for women in the industry to connect women in the industry. And that was um, motivated by my first experience of having a mentor through um, the Sports Business Journal Game Changers Mentoring Challenge. And, and my mentor means very much to me. And, and I didn't I learned how powerful um, a mentor can have can be in your career and I know that's something that you advocate a lot for and, and certainly as well and, and I really wanted to spread that opportunity across our industry because it's hard to stay connected to to all of us um, in the industry uh, when we're spread out across so many markets in the in the country so um, that's been two years now since um, we've enacted that and, and have doubled the participation in that. So super excited um, for how this year will look like, but 
um, want to still have an impact with the women in our industry. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of collaboration within our um, office. And, and that's something I'm extremely proud of is how collaborative um, minor league baseball is. Um, diversity is not just a one person or one department effort. It's truly interwoven in everything that all of our departments do. Um, and I think that's, that's something that you don't always see in organizations. So that's something that I'm extremely proud of. Um, but next year, looking forward to re really being able to capitalize on a lot of the plans that we had this year um, and, and for our office and for our teams and just how we can continue to make an impact to the communities that we serve. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing all that. And I want to dive in just a little bit deeper into the Women in Baseball Leadership Program specifically, because I think minor league baseball has done an incredible job of not only creating, but formatting the programming is what makes it so successful. So can you speak a little bit more to some of those, those touchstones, um, the, the matching of the mentorship, the flag flagstone events, and then the, the monthly, uh, bi-monthly calls. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how the initiative um, altogether got started, uh, it was started as our key event, annual event that takes place at baseball winter meetings, uh, which is the Women in Baseball Leadership event. And that was started around 13 years ago at this point um, by one of our former colleagues who simply wanted to have a place where the women in the industry can come together and talk about um, best practices, talked about things that worked and didn't work throughout the season, but then also talked about shared experiences that maybe, you know, they can't really talk about to um, their male peers in their front offices. And, and it received such great traction and engagement year after year that by the 10th anniversary of the event, um, those in our office, the committee uh, for women in baseball in our office kind of realized, you know what, we really need to figure out how to make this a year round thing you know it's clearly not enough to just meet once a year and that's the only time we can all get together and and see and talk to one another so with that uh the next thing that was created was our coffee and connections event at our um, innovator summit event which at the time was also known as promotional seminar um, and that was a way that we also wanted to in include men into the conversations that take place. So at Coffee and Connections, it's a breakfast event. Um, and it's, it's an event for men and women to come together to share experiences, but really be a place where um, men in our industry can kind of hear from the women and hear about those experiences that maybe they don't always see when working with them. And so that has, again, taken um, been taken with great pride within our industry and and we've received a lot of good ideas um, for future topic discussions for that as well as um, how to amplify that as well and then finally um, with our lift mentorship program um, something that me and my colleague jessica nori in our office again wanted to just figure out how can we introduce mentorship to our league and to the women into our league um, the the application and matchmaking process is one that's extremely thorough and and it's very intentional and and we take our time with it um, because we want to make sure that the connections that are made are um, authentic connections the connections that are made are not just connections that are surface level and so um, that's why 
you know, we take our time. It's a lengthy process, um, but we really try and pair people with those who um, match with them as far as, you know, career goals, as far as um, pers personality traits, characteristics, even, um, you know, personal personal hobbies, things of that nature, so that you could speak to different parts of your life um, and really build a friendship and not just another professional, you know, acquaintance. And so, um, again, something that we're extremely proud of. And every, every year we see, we receive feedback on just, you know, I, I don't know what if I, what I would have done if I didn't have my mentor, if I never met my mentee. And, and that's the powerful thing too, is that mentors learn just as much from mentees, um, is, is the opposite. So, um, very, very powerful connections that are made. And then from the, from the Lyft Mentorship Program, um, again, wanted to figure out how to continue the communication with the group and with the women in our industry throughout the year. So that's when our um, bi-monthly connection calls um, started. And that was something that we introduced new this year, um, where we talk about different topics, work-related topics and non-work-related topics, and, and topics that can change as time goes on. Obviously, a lot has happened within the last few months within our country, and, and we provided space for those to discuss that, to express um, you know, how they were feeling and things like that. And I think especially now when so many people are still isolated, so many people are still work, working remotely, um, so many people are out of work, just being able to still have that community intact, I think has made a difference, um, especially for me, um, and being able to still, you know, have conversations and talk through things with others um, who, who, live in the same life that you do. Um, I think that's what makes those who work in minor league baseball so special is because we, working in minor league baseball is like not, not like working in any other sport. Um, it's definitely a grind. And um, I think being able to just have that, that same connection with others is so key. So um, really proud. And, and of course, we're still brainstorming ways to extend that connection and extend that um, ongoing communication throughout the industry because we wanted to to just be something that adds to the the work experience of those um, who are in our industry. Uh, thank you for providing all that additional information and I'll encourage any listeners to reach out to Belisha in the minor league baseball office because I can't speak any more highly about um, the Women in Baseball Leadership Initiative and the way they've created the framework to be so successful. Uh, mentorship has measurable outcomes, and I think that that's one of the most important factors in starting an initiative like this, is that you can measure the outcome and see the impact on the industry. Um, and I would also wanna make an, an additional shout out to the calls. Um, the participation is very high. Um, the, the talking points are peer led. So people who are in the program choose topics that they want to speak to the body about, and they lead the conversation, which of course, as we know, leads to greater buy-in. Um, so, you know, can't sing high enough praises about that program. And thank you so much for, for sharing more about it. Um, so I want to dive a little bit back into your career specifically and, if you can identify a tipping point for you, um, we heard about you setting a goal uh, through minor league baseball, and that's where you wanted to work and achieving it, but can you identify 
what, what was the one thing or a few things that really made the difference for you in, in achieving that next level in your career? Mm -hmm. I am a very introverted person. Um, and, and actually working at minor league baseball has extended that for me. But, um, when I think of my comfort zone, I'm very introverted and I had to learn that if I wanted to get where I wanted to go, or if I wanted to work on the things that I wanted to work on the projects, um, have the opportunities that I wanted to have, I really needed to make connections and I really needed to learn how to network and network for me in a very genuine way. I feel like sometimes when people hear that word, you automatically think, oh my gosh, I'm just going to this happy hour and asking surface level questions. And oh my gosh, that sounds draining as it is. And that just was never appealing to me. But I also knew that I had to, um, I wanted people in my circle um, and I wanted to be a part of people's circle. And so with that, um, I really put myself out there when it came to minor league baseball. At the time in grad school, minor league baseball wasn't a partner organization for our internship program um, at USF. And so um, when it when it became one, I, I really put myself as, you know, I want to be the one to be selected for this internship program and really had to throw myself out there. And I think the relationship that I um, made with uh, Corey Bernstein, who's our director of marketing strategy and research and still a very close colleague of mine today um that's that's one difference is that i i built someone who was an advocate for me um and and could advocate on my behalf and by building that relationship with him not only um helped me as a person because um, he's mentored me so much but again also added someone who could speak on my behalf um, in the room when if i'm not in there and that's kind of what made a difference and then another thing that i will also speak to is um, again originally came into our office um, as our analyst our office and, and lead analyst and somehow got involved in diversity which was some which was a topic and an area, a space that was very important to me. Um, but I thought, once again, I had to stay in this box that I was hired in. And so um, being able to go and say, hey, you know what, I want to work on this with you to our, our director of diversity at the time. Is there anything I can do to help you? Like, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at punching numbers. Like, is there something that I can assist you with? And that's really how I got involved in this space. And because of the work that we were able to accomplish, again, with our workforce diversity report, um, with introducing a, an industry and cultural assessment, um, these are the things that, you know, when our when my predecessor moved on, you know, our leadership, I was the first person who they, who they thought of immediately right after that. It was no question. And that's something that I'm very grateful for, that people would have um, faith in me and something that perhaps I didn't do on a full-time basis before. But I think that's why you really have to advocate for yourself and you really have to build those relationships so people that can also advocate for you as well. And that means putting yourself out there, which is not always easy, um, but definitely doable if you, if you set yourself to it. So I wanna highlight a few things that you said because they deserve to be emphasized. I have a saying, be so good they won't forget you. And what that means is being the first person that's thought of for a new opportunity and 
your expansion, your promotion in your career was that you were so good that you were the first person they thought of when the opportunity came up for you. And congratulations on that, first of all. But second, for, for our listeners, the reason why Belisha was the first one they thought of is because, one, she found an advocate. Two, she extended her comfort zone. She said she's an introvert, but realized that she needed to find a way to be comfortable getting uncomfortable in order to pursue and achieve what, what her dreams were. She set those goals, she networked around them, and then she asked, she made the ask. Oftentimes, I think we're a little too afraid to extend beyond our role where we don't wanna reveal that we have extra capacity, or we don't want to be viewed that we're not satisfied with the work we're given and we want more. But in your case, asking, how can you help? I'm really good at this. I feel like I could help you in this area, led you to the next, next phase of your career within, within that organization and the relationships that you built really supported you around that growth. So I think there, that's an incredible example of um, stretching, um, of doing great work, and of asking for what you want. So I've got to commend you on that. And please, you know, listen up and take that to heart as, as that's the way you earn that next, that next role. Um, so with, with this, um, obviously, there have been some hurdles in your career. And so I want, um, I want you to identify you know, one or two of those and talk about how you overcame those hurdles and, um, and what advice you have around that subject. Mm -hmm. The very first one was before um, my professional career, but one that still to this day, candidly speaking, has an impact on it. Um, but it was back when uh, I was working at one of my very first few jobs and it was at UAB. So I was trying to set myself up and, you know, could this be a potential avenue when I graduate, et cetera, et cetera. And I was working in our Dean's office in the school of business. And um, I, I got to the point um, where my supervisor and I did not have the best relationship. And I realized that it was for reasons that were outside of my control. Um, new supervisor comes in, they kind of want to do their own thing. And, and sometimes that's not always easy um, when there's certain things in place. Um, but I, I truly struggled at that time with listening to everything that I was being told about myself. Um, and sometimes when people tell you things, when people try and offer you advice um, or, or insight or anything like that, what I've come to realize is that sometimes it's not always for your benefit. And if you believe everything that you are told, that can come to hurt you later down the road. So in this case, um, Again, at the time when I felt like, you know, there was such a critical eye on the work that I was doing um, and I was trying so hard and I felt she, she had really convinced me that I, I was not good in this role. I was not good as an office assistant. And that stuck with me for a very long time. And I strayed away from applying for roles that were doing things that I have been doing in that role 
in the school of business. And so um, I had I had to work really hard to get out of that mindset and to kind of unlearn um, what that experience taught me. Um, just because someone says that you're not good at something doesn't mean that's true, first of all. But it, even if you're not good at something today, doesn't mean you can't get better at something tomorrow or the next day. And so I think that's something that I had to learn and that I had to overcome multiple times as I did progress, because as I got to grad school, as I got to that internship at USF and minor league baseball, um, those experiences were, were coming back up in, in my mind often. And I had to talk myself out of it. Like, no, Belisha, you, you can do this. You are, you are good at this. Don't, don't let yourself, you know, convince you otherwise. So I think that's a hurdle, like I said, that still pops up every now and then. But I like how you said before um, that you stretch yourself. And, and when you stretch, like physically, the more you stretch, the easier it gets to do it. So the more you do something, the more you overcome a challenge, the more you are able to push through something and to face a fear, the easier that it gets. Um, so I would say it, it, up until now, that has been uh, my biggest challenge is to just, you know, make sure that I am listening to the things that are going to serve and benefit me in a positive light. Of course, not, not diminishing or dismissing um, feedback, constructive feedback that may be given. But I feel like you can tell, you know, when something's not serving you in a positive way and you have to be able to recognize that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, uh, your practice of positive self-talk is something that we all need practice doing. And as the saying goes, smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. So we have to um, encounter these hurdles in order to get better for the future. Um, and, you know, I just, I can't overemphasize what you just said. I mean, that was solid gold. You were told one thing and you had to say, first of all, no, that's not true. And then change that dialogue, change that self-talk so that you could be better in the future and not let one person's evaluation of your work define your future, especially at such a young age. And that that piece of perseverance is what's led you to a successful path today. 100%. Yeah. So um, with that, I, I gave a little quote here. I'd love to know what your favorite quote is. I'm a big quote person. Um, I, I think those quotes turn to mantras, turn to um, self-power and self-belief. So can you share your favorite quote with us? Yes, I actually have two, and both by the same person. My favorite author of all time is Maya Angelou. Um, the first quote is, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I think that goes back to 
my kind of experience that I consistently have to overcome is that you, you have to be confident in who you are and you have to like who you are if you're going to be successful um, in your career and just in life in general. And then success is liking the way you do things and how you do things and being confident in that as well. And sometimes that may even be convincing people like, hey, I, I promise like I am good at this and my the way I do it, like this is how it works. And so um, that's the first one. And then the second one, which is a quote that was a Maya Angelou quote, but for the longest time, I thought it was my mother's quote, because it was like the first thing that she ever taught me in life. But is um, when someone shows you who you are, believe them the first time. And to me, that that is so pivotal, because when I think of myself, you don't always get a second time to introduce yourself to some person. You don't always get a second chance to um, make a first impression. Actually, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And so um, to really take that to heart when you when you interact with those and, and the impact that you have on others' lives. Um, because sometimes the first time someone shows you who they are, um, that's, the, that's the real them. And, and, and I wanna make sure that no matter who I meet, no matter who comes into contact with me, that their experience with me is a positive one. And that if I never see that person ever again, that I had a positive impact on their life. So those are the two that kind of really resonate with me and that I just try and keep the spirit uh, day in and day out. Solid gold. I love those. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So for our listeners, um, where can we get more of Alicia? Where can we follow you? Where can we engage with you? Where can we ask you questions? So the biggest place, the easiest place is my LinkedIn page. Um, it's the linkedin.com slash in backslash Belisha M, just my first name and my la the first initial of my last name. Um, that's the easiest place to contact me and I am fairly open on there. Um, I don't share as often as, as I would like to, but um, I do share a lot of my thoughts on my LinkedIn page. So um, that's the easiest. And then, of course, I am open to anybody um, reaching out directly to my personal email, which is Belisha Catherine, um, spelled with a K, A-T-H-R-Y-N at gmail.com. Again, very open and, and more than happy to assist um, answer questions, um, provide any type of guidance or assistance that is needed. Well, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story, sharing your insights, um, sharing your tips with, um, with all of our listeners. We appreciate you and your work so much. And um, we're just thrilled to have you today on the Leadership is Female podcast. So thank you so much, Felicia. And uh, can't wait to uh, for everyone to have a chance to learn more from you. Absolutely. Thank you to Belisha Montgomery, Director of Diversity and Inclusion for Minor League Baseball for sharing her story with us today. Here are Belisha's four key points. Number one, get comfortable being uncomfortable and extend your comfort zone. This act will lead to greater opportunity. Ask yourself if you can achieve your dreams without extending what you are capable of. Number two, Build relationships so that when a new opportunity arises, you are the first person who is considered for the role. Do this by asking where you can help and proclaiming where your skill set can be beneficial. Number three, don't believe everything that is said about you. 
Listening to advice or criticism of others is not always to your benefit, meaning don't carry that critique around with you and turn it into negative self-talk. Evaluate where you can improve, do the work, and let go of what's not serving you. Overcoming that challenge and creating positive self-talk will create a better version of you. And number four, first impressions are vital. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Make it count. Thank you, Belisha, for sharing these critical insights. Today's episode is sponsored by my top 10 myths about being a female leader in sports. To download your own copy of the top 10 myths, please visit my website, emilyjansen.com. I believe that if we approach our careers with intention and dedication, we can do anything. And I want to help you reach your dreams. So go ahead and head over to emilyjansen.com and download yourself a copy of the top 10 myths about being a female leader in sports. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us.